Hey everybody, this is Keith Loy. I'm the founding senior pastor of Celebrate Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for joining us, and it is my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. If you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to open them up to Daniel chapter 5. The title of this morning's message is, Are You Learning From Others? Because if you're going to be unshakable in your faith and in your life, You need to understand that learning from others is a non-negotiable. Learning is key to becoming unshakable. You have to be able to learn. You You see, the fact is we need to come and we need to possess an attitude of humility and we need to have an expectation of understanding and education because one of the most powerful ways for us to grow in humility and wisdom is to be around other people. I mean, there are some lessons in life, some lessons that God wants you to hear, that he wants you to learn, that you can only learn through the context of relationships. I mean, it's why we have life groups. It's why life groups are so important to us as the the church, because it's in that context that you can learn is with other people. So we're going to be talking about this idea of learning, and I'm thrilled to share uh, in this word with you today because when Pastor Keith asked me, I got to tell you, there's... In the last 15 years, there's nobody that I've learned more from than Pastor Keith. And I'm excited for the journey of where we're going in the next 15 years, but I'm super excited to share because there's nobody in my life that's had more of an influence than Pastor Keith. As a mentor for me, as a friend and a co and a partner in this ministry, there's nobody uh, that's poured more into me. And it's, and it's a privilege to be here. The, the Bible says in Proverbs 4, it says this, always remember what you have learned. How many of you struggle with that like I do? (laughs) See, see, here's the promise. Here's why you need to remember it, because your education is your life. Guard it well. One of the key things about having people in your life is that those people can help you remember the lessons sometimes that we tend to forget. We we need people to grow. We need people to grow. And so this, this quote, you've probably heard this before, Pastor Glenn, Keith's dad has shared this for the first time when I heard it, but I've heard many others share it, it says this, the moment you stop learning, you stop growing, and the moment you stop growing, you start dying. You see, learning is a key part of what it means to be unshakable. And if we're gonna be an unshakable church, an unshakable movement in this city and in this region, we need to take this lesson from Daniel and we need to press it in and hold it close. Now, last week, Pastor Keith talked to you about a guy named King Nebuchadnezzar, okay? And King Nebuchadnezzar had a, had a little problem, didn't he? Does anybody remember what his little problem was? It was pride. And what's at the center of pride? Aye, that's right. In fact, he had quite a dramatic encounter uh, with the results of his pride. He ended up eating grass uh, in the field like a cow. That was pretty dramatic. In fact, his quote, it was kind of, it's humorous when you think about it, but in chapter four, he says this, Is this not the great Babylon that I have built as my royal residence by my mighty power and for the glory of my majesty? Nebuchadnezzar's reign came to an end because of pride. And this week we're gonna be introduced to one of his successors. King Neb had a successor, you see, and his name was Belshazzar. And as they say with Belshazzar, the apple didn't fall too far from the tree. Uh, Because fast forward 45 years in chapter 5, we meet this guy named Belshazzar. Now, now permit me to help you understand the context of Belshazzar. Many of you have probably know that 
that Hollywood just loves this kind of a character. Movies love this kind of a character because it's good for a lot of laughs. And there was a movie actually recently that came out chronicling the life of Belshazzar. Maybe you've heard of it. You guys heard that one with, with David Spade and the late Chris Farley? You've heard that one? It's set in modern day Sandusky, Ohio, home of Callahan Auto Parts. You know the movie I'm talking about, right? Tommy Boy, that's right. See, that's Belshazzar to a T. I mean, I love that movie, Tommy Boy. Some great quotes in there. Some things you can learn from Tommy Boy, actually. I love it when he says, I got a D. I passed. Remember that part? And then, then you, you won't forget this one. Brothers don't shake hands. Brothers got a hug. I love that. I, I love it, Dave. Lots of people go to school for seven years, Tommy. They're called doctors, <laughs> right? <laughs> One of my favorite quotes from that movie is, is one of Tom Sr.'s employees looks at young Tommy and he says very soberingly, he says this to him, Tommy, fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life. <laughs> it it kind of summarizes Tommy's ethos. It kind of brings it to reality. And see, that's, that's where Belshazzar was. Take a look in, in verse one of chapter five. King Belshazzar gave a great banquet for a thousand of his nobles and they all got drunk. While Belshazzar was drinking his wine, he gave orders to bring in the gold and silver goblets that Nebuchadnezzar, his predecessor, had taken from the temple of God. Now let me just hit the pause button for one second, real quick. I'm 41 years old, I haven't arrived, but I do believe one thing is true that I've observed. When you're getting wasted, you're seldom making wise decisions. It just doesn't happen. Getting wasted seldom, if ever, leads to a positive outcome. I mean, it messes with your whole thought process. Remember how he said it was hard to remember things? Imagine how hard it is to apply them when you're wasted. See, that's where King Belshazzar and all of his buddies are. I mean, just listen in on his thought process. Listen to what he says. He, Belshazzar, a.k.a. Tommy Boy, thought it would be fun to drink using these goblets intended for the worship of God. So they did use the cups, laughing and making toasts to all the pagan gods and idols. Suddenly the fingers of a human hand appeared in the royal banquet hall and began supernaturally writing on the plaster walls of the royal palace. The king and all the guests watched this hand as it wrote. When the king saw this, it scared him to death. His face turned pale and he was so frightened that his knees knocked together and his hips gave way. No kidding, huh? This is kind of a sobering moment. It's a little bit of a buzzkill for Tommy and his frat buddies, isn't it? I mean, things just got real at the party. Belshazzar sobers up and he realizes that something's going on and, and unfortunately Tommy's fallen asleep on the fact that outside of his seemingly unpenetrable kingdom, called Babylon, the high walls, the safe city, something was going on that he didn't expect. Didn't see it coming. You see, the two greatest enemies of Babylon at that time had marshaled their forces. They joined hands to bring down this city. Darius the Mede and Cyrus the Great of Persia were besieging the wall. And Belshazzar foolishly believed that he was beyond 
their grasp. See, he, he thought he was safe. He thought he could throw a party, but he missed the writing on the wall. See, he missed what was happening. You, you've heard that phrase, seeing the writing on the wall. It's a common phrase we use all the time. The irony in this moment is the way we use it indicates that people all see the meaning, maybe except for one person. It's clear what's going on. But what's ironic about where this phrase came from is that in the palace, everyone saw it, but no one understood what was happening. You see, they could see the writing on the wall, but they didn't know what it meant. King Belshazzar had people around him. Remember he said it's important to learn from others? Well, so he reaches out to those who are around him. Verse eight, it says, then all the king's wise men came in, but they could not read the writing or tell the king what it meant. You see, this is a huge piece. Even though they knew it was happening, they could see it, they couldn't understand it. See, see Psalm 19 says this, God, the, the heavens that God has, has created declare his majesty and declare his glory. Night after night, day after day, they pour, for, pour forth speech. You see, God is speaking all the time of his presence and his great love. I mean, you can't have been outside yesterday and not agree with the amen, God is good. Anybody get to experience yesterday? I mean, even in South Dakota, <laughs> the heavens declare. I mean, there was like no wind. It was beautiful. It was gorgeous. You see, God's speaking all the time. And we can recognize it. But the reality is so many people refuse to understand. They choose to not understand. And so guess who Belshazzar and the nobles call? When they can't figure it out, they can't read the writing on the wall, who do they call? They call Daniel, the unshakable Hebrew. Daniel comes in and he humbly yet boldly addresses the king. He says this in verse 22, but you Belshazzar have not humbled yourself Though you knew all this, instead, you have set yourself up against the Lord of heaven. You see, the reason Belshazzar didn't get it is the same reason that his daddy didn't get it. It was pride. It was pride. He failed to humble himself before the Lord. So Daniel spells it out for him. There's some Aramaic words there. In fact, this is the only place in the Old Testament where we have an Aramaic phrase that's captured. He reads, mene means your days are numbered. Tekel means they've been weighed. And parson means your kingdom is gonna be divided. It's gonna be separated amongst your enemies. In short, Belshazzar, Daniel tells him, your time is up. The gig's up. You're done. It's that moment where Belshazzar realizes that he's going to lose everything because of his choices and his actions. Here's my question for you this morning and this might hurt a little bit, some of you are gonna go, oh yeah. Have you had your Belshazzar moment yet? Where the writing's been on the wall? Have you had that moment where you realized that the trajectory of your life, that your choices, you realized that they were unmanageable? You were over your head. You were surrounded and you were defeated. Have you had that realization yet? Because I believe this, that's God's grace for each of us. When we get in over our heads, we're surrounded, I believe it's God's grace for us to surrender it and lay it down. See, I think we all need to have that moment because just like Belshazzar, guess what? How many of us, what percentage of the people in this room do you think struggle with pride? 
roughly, would you say? Right around 100%, that's right. Because <laughs> the Bible says that how many have sinned? All have sinned. You see, we all struggle with pride. And the fact that you won't admit it is an indication that you actually do struggle with it. You see, pride is a killer. It's a killer. Well, we read the end of King Belshazzar's story. It ends quite abruptly, actually. Uh, he commanded that a royal robe be put on Daniel and a gold chain be put around his neck. The king named Daniel to be the third highest ruler in the kingdom. You see, Belshazzar's still holding on to his power. He's still holding on to control. But that very night, Belshazzar was slain and Darius the Mede took over his kingdom at the age of 62. You see, while Belshazzar was partying inside the castle, his enemies were outside the castle planning and preparing for his demise. You see, see history tells us there, that the river, the Euphrates River, flowed under the city of Babylon, underneath its walls. So while Belshazzar was partying, Darius and Cyrus diverted the river, the water level went down, and they walked right underneath the wall. So if we want to be unshakable, can you agree that we don't probably want to learn too much more from Belshazzar? I mean, it's good to read this story, it's good to understand it, but if we really want to be unshakable in our faith, if we want to be unshakable in our families, if we want to be unshakable in our communities and our places of work, if we really want to take hold of this, we need to look at the life of Daniel. There's a passage in, in verse 12 of chapter 5 where they're trying to figure out what the writing means and the queen mother shows up. Now, we don't know exactly who the queen mother is, but some believe that it might have been actually Nebuchadnezzar's wife. She shows up and she says, hey guys, remember Daniel? <laughs> Listen to what she says. He has a sharp mind and is filled with knowledge and understanding. He can interpret dreams and explain the meaning of mysteries and solve difficult problems. Call for Daniel and he will tell you what it means. I have heard that the spirit of God is in you, that you possess brilliant knowledge and extraordinary wisdom. How many of you like, would like to be known for that, for having wisdom, having discernment? How many of you would like to know that people see the spirit of God lived out in your life? See, that's what they saw in Daniel, so they called on Daniel. If we wanna become unshakable, isn't it important, do you think that we become more like Daniel? than like King B. Yeah. So let's take a look. If you have your notes, I'd encourage you to take them out. We're gonna give you some, some points, some fill-ins here. See, if we wanna become unshakable, if we wanna become wise, the first thing we need to do is make a commitment to never stop learning. We need to make a commitment to never stop learning. I, I love to see the pen going to paper. You see, that's someone that's wise and humble enough to know that they're probably not gonna remember everything that they hear unless they write it down. The shortest pencil is better than the longest memory, right? Never stop learning. The Bible says it this way in Proverbs 23, commit yourselves to instruction and tune your ears to hear the words of knowledge. You see, education and learning doesn't just happen. You don't just slip and go, whoop, I learned something today. It comes from intention. It comes from a focused passion. Re reading books is such a huge part of this process. I love reading books. In fact, sometimes I think I love reading books too much because I've got them like in my office, uh, in my room, uh, on the coffee table, uh, in my truck, and on my phone. Sometimes I've got so many books going in different directions, I kind of get lost, right? But I believe this. I believe that you can't, 
be learning enough. And here's why I believe that, because when you learn, it expands your capacity to grow. The more you read, the more you're able to grow. And I can't speak for you, but I can speak for me. I've got a lot of growing to do. I have not arrived. I need to make it, I need to have an expanded capacity because God's got a lot to teach me. How about you? Do you feel, some of you feel like you might have a ways to go and grow? Some of you do, good, good. See, if you wanna be wise and unshakable, you need to have this mindset, never stop learning. Proverbs again, 19 says this, do yourself a favor, I love that, do yourself a favor and learn, say it with me, all you can. Then remember what you learn and you will prosper. Do yourself a favor. Commit yourself to learning. Get, go get a book. In fact, I'd encourage you to do this. Open up your Bible. If you don't have a Bible, I know there's some people here that'll get you a Bible. Is there anybody here we can get a Bible? We'd love to get you a Bible. We'll get you one. This is where you need to start reading. This is where wisdom lies. It's in God's word. Start reading his word. So how do we become wise, unshakable like Daniel? The first thing we need to do is we need to commit ourselves to learning. Here's the second thing. We need to learn from others. We need to learn from others. Job chapter eight says this, ask the former generations and find out what their fathers learned. For we were born only yesterday and we know so little. I want, I want to just talk to one group of people in this room. I, I want all the young people to raise their hands. Young people, doesn't matter what age you are, you can be any age. How many young people do we have here? Okay, good, good. I thought that would get a few more hands in the air. <laughs> Wait, I see some young people that don't have their hands up. Hey, young people, I'm, I'm talking to you for a second, okay? So just go like this, say, he's talking to me. He's talking to me. You're gonna learn from the people that are closest to you. And so if you wanna become unshakable like Daniel, if you wanna learn, you wanna grow, you need to be very strategic about the people that you bring around you. Because based on who is around you, you're gonna learn from wherever they're at. And so I wanna give you a few people, a few relationships that you wanna have in your life. Young people, this is very important. Young people of all ages. The first kind of people you want around, the first kind of relationships are mentors. You see, mentors are the people that speak into your life. See, they, they've been where you wanna be and they can tell you not what you wanna know, but what you need to know. That's what a mentor is. They just, they just speak to you, okay? You, you probably have someone like this in your life. I, I know I do. And, and when they talk, I usually go, oh, <sighs> write that down. Because <laughs> that's like, oh, that's so good. Pastor Keith is one of those people in my life. Most times he'll say something to me and I'll go, oh, yes, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> you just said it. That's what a mentor is. It's someone who can speak into your life. Mentors, you wanna to listen to them carefully. You see, I don't think that Belshazzar probably listened very well to his mentors. You wanna to listen carefully. Here's the second kind of person, the second kind of relationship, it's models. These are people that live out what you wanna be like. These are the people in your life, you might not be super close to them, but you see them. You see how they live their life, you see how they live out their faith, and those are the people, the models, those are the people that you wanna watch very closely. You don't wanna be watching the models maybe that are on that small screen that we're not talking about, it's not a physical model, it's a spiritual model. Who do I wanna be like? 
when I'm old, when my days are getting short, what do I want to be said about me? Who do I want to model my life after? That's what a model is. Here, here's the next person. You need to have partners. You need to have partners. These are the people, these are the relationships with whom you walk. These are the people that you work with. Those of you that are in a life group know that this is where you meet them. It's in that context. That they've been where you, they're, they're going through the same struggles that you are. These are your partners. You wanna appreciate these people regularly. If you're not in a life group, I wanna encourage you. I, I was out in the hall, John was out there, we was talking with them. They wanna help you get into a life group. Find a group of partners. Start there, get someone that you can walk with, that can listen to you, that can work with you, encourage you. Here's, and here's the fourth kind of relationship that you need to have if you're gonna learn. You need to have friends in your life. You see, this is one of the most valuable things that you have. I heard someone say this um, just this last week. This person is reflecting back on their life and they said, I don't have very many friends, but the ones I do are really good. Boy, that was a beautiful thing to hear somebody say. Because that's what the Bible says. The Bible tells us that actually a lot of friends are not that good. You wanna have a few real valuable friends. Friends are so important. See, friends are the people that accept you no matter where you are. They're, they're those people that encourage you no matter how discouraged you are. They listen to you, they believe in you. They help you believe in yourself. They're there to pick you up. They're there in some ways to teach you what you already know and remind you of what God has spoken over you. You see, friends are rare and few. We need to prize them highly. So how do we become like Daniel? We keep a commitment to learning. We keep a commitment to learning. We learn from others. And number three, we do this. We have to maintain a humble attitude. We have to maintain a humble attitude. You see, humility is not beating up on yourself. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. Humility is just thinking of yourself less often. That's what humility is. When I was 26 years old, I was living in Des Moines with my wife. She was going to medical school and I was um, a substitute teacher, volunteer football coach. I, I, was, I, I had some time on my hands and so I, I picked up this book and I'm so grateful that I picked it up. It was called The Purpose Driven Life. Pastor Rick wrote that book, it had recently come out and I picked it up and in the first page, I picked up probably the greatest pearl of wisdom to that date in my life I'd ever, I'd ever got. The first four words, you guys know what they are? It's not about you. It's not about you. <laughs> so I want you to turn to somebody right now and say, it's not about you. <laughs> and say, I know, it's about me. <laughs> now personalize it. Now turn to somebody and say, it's not about me. <laughs> okay, now turn to me and say, John, it's not about you. Thank you. It's not about me. You see, pride plugs the pipeline of progress in your life. If you don't have a humble attitude, there's only so much you're ever going to get if you get anything. Constantly work on opening up that channel Eliminating pride, seeking humility. It's the secret sauce of growing. Nebuchadnezzar's growth was capped by his pride and arrogance. Belshazzar's life was ended because of his inability to humble himself before the Lord. Humility is a big deal. 
and as followers of Christ, as the church, Christ, the one, it says in Philippians, who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but instead he took the humble position of a servant and he went to the cross for you and for me. You see, see the cross? It's not just a piece of decoration in our church or something we wear for jewelry. It's a symbol and reminder that our king and our savior humbled himself to serve us. He gave his life. You see, if we're gonna grow to be all that God has for us to be, we need to maintain a humble attitude. Proverbs 15 says, reverence for the Lord is an education in itself. Fear of the Lord is beginning of knowledge. You must humble before you can ever receive honors. See, humility is something that we all need, and we all need it in massive quantities. So how do we become unshakable? How do we become like Daniel? Well, number one, we keep learning, we keep reading, we keep growing. Number two, we get around people that are smarter than us. Number three, we get over ourselves. We get a humble attitude. And number four, we need to guard our minds. We need to guard our minds. We say this all the time here at Celebrate, but finish it with me if you know it. Garbage in equals? Garbage in equals garbage out. That's, I mean, the truest statement as there is. And there's a lot of wisdom in realizing that. There's two aspects of that that I want you to catch. Number one, you might need to purge some things in your mind that just need to be gone. It's called confession. It's called releasing it. Get it out. I had the wonderful experience yesterday of cleaning out my vehicle. (sighs) There was so much junk in there that I'd just been carrying around for who knows how long. It felt so good to get it cleaned out. See, I believe there's a lot of things in our minds that we carry around that we don't need to. It's just useless trash that clutters. We need to guard our minds from the things that are lying around, and we also need to filter from the things that are coming at us. You see, the enemy doesn't like this journey that we're on. He doesn't like the changes that God's making in your life. He doesn't like what's happening, and so he's gonna throw all kinds of disinformation, fake news, if you will, at you. He's gonna attack you with a barrage of messages and lies that are intended to undercut your God-designed purpose and will. You need to guard it, you need to filter it. Let me share you a story of what this looks like for me. Um, it was about, about two years ago, um, I, was, I was at a gathering, and, and when you plan a church, one of the things they tell you is get out in the community and get to know people, which is a good thing, and I would encourage you to do that. I, I was in a gathering, it was a bunch of people, they were about my age, guys, they were coaches and teachers, and we were at this athletic banquet, and as the banquet was changing, the topic switched from the banquet to entertainment. What I realized was all these guys were all watching this particular series on Netflix, And I had heard of Netflix, but I wasn't sure what it was. And they're talking about it, and I was just out of the conversation. I didn't have anything to add. I couldn't express myself. I was like, oh. So in my mind, okay, catch the lie that I believed here, I thought, for me to build a relationship with this guy, I need to know what they're watching and what they're talking about. Now, that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? So... Me, in my own wisdom, didn't run it past any mentors, didn't run it past anybody else. I just decided for my birthday that year, I would give myself Netflix for my birthday. (laughs) You talk about the gift that keeps on taking, okay? (laughs) I felt like Clark Griswold. I mean, they've found something, that that, uh, platform or whatever you call it, 
they found it. Like, I mean, it gets to the end of the movie and then it's like, next episode in five, four, three, and you have a choice. You can either click stop or you can click watch now, right? And, and it's crazy. I mean, the next thing I knew, I'm up at like 3.30 in the morning watching Netflix like this. My wife said, John, what are you doing? Oh, just one more, just one more episode. Uh, it's, we must be the only people that watch Netflix, I guess. Because it got kind of quiet in here. <laughs> have you guys noticed that? They kind of seem to know what they're doing. And I, and I have to tell you, of everything that I watched on there, I'd say probably 95% of it was garbage. There's just nothing of eternal value on there, really. Some of it was entertaining and funny, but all of a sudden I'm spending all this time. And so uh, for my two-month anniversary of my 40th birthday, I ungave myself Netflix. <laughs> I just took it. You can actually, guys, and this is a freedom. Some of you might need to know this today. You can actually get it off your phone. You just click uninstall. And it comes off and your phone still works. It's amazing. <laughs> so that might, that might be lead us into the next thing. Maybe that's something you need to consider doing. Maybe there's some things in your life that you just need to protect yourself from. That could be one of them. It got kind of quiet in here. Um, again, maybe I'm the only one. But here's, here's the fifth one, okay? Here's the fifth one. We need to put it into practice. We need to put what we've learned into practice. You know, you're really not a firefighter until you actually fight a fire. You're not really an actor until you act in something and you're not really an author until you write a book. You, this might surprise some of you, I hope it doesn't, but you're not really a believer until you put into practice the things you say you believe. See, see you gotta do it. It's by our fruit that they will know us. It's by our love that they will know us. We gotta put it into practice. One of the unfortunate realities that I've observed is that most people that call themselves Christians are educated far beyond their level of obedience. In other words, they know way more than they actually live. And that's a sad reality. And if we're gonna be unshakable as a church, we need to flip that reality. It needs to start here, it needs to start today that we're gonna start applying the things that we already know. I mean, listen to what Daniel says to Belshazzar. Just hear this for a minute, if you would. Just take the humble position of Belshazzar. Just listen to what Daniel says to him. King Belshazzar, even though you knew all that happened to your father, you didn't learn from his life and you still refused to humble yourself before God. You see, I talked a minute ago to the younger generation. I wanna to talk to the older generation for a minute. We've gotta start putting ourselves in a position where we figure out what this looks like to build a bridge across the generations. Parents, grandparents, you need to start figuring out what it looks like to help the next generation understand what you've learned. Some of it may be the hard way. And that begins with a relationship. It doesn't begin with condemnation. We need to start building the bridge so that the next generation can start picking up on it. And, and we gotta stop taking the position that we know everything. We have to, with humility, become the mentors. We have to, with humility, become the models. We need to be that if we're gonna see God do something in this community. I want to invite the team to come and we're going to close because it's so important that we understand this process of learning. Wisdom is learning from successes and failures, from mentors and models. If we want to have, if we want to have the faith, unshakable faith of Daniel, we need to learn from those people. 
We need to have an attitude of humility like Daniel did. And we need to guard our minds. And we need to apply it. You know, I I shared earlier that we all need to have our Belshazzar moment. I, I have to tell you that I've had many of those in my life. But one of the most dramatic happened when I was 26 years old. My wife and I had just gotten married and we were living kind of a Belshazzar, Tommy boy lifestyle. I mean, when I was in college, I kind of call it the decade of darkness. I mean, there was just a lot of stuff that I did, even though I knew who Christ was, I wasn't putting it into practice in my life. And during that time, we had some friends and we were out one night and we weren't being crazy, but we weren't being wise. I got home that night and my friend had asked me about Jesus. And we'd not had a spiritual conversation, partly because the context of our relationships was built around something that wasn't very godly. When I got home that night, I fell asleep, and I had this dream. I had this dream that my wife and I were walking down the street. It was in like a large city, and uh, it was like we were going to a show. We were arm in arm, dressed up real nice. And uh, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, two guys came and they grabbed me by the shoulders. And I was completely powerless. It was out of my control. Now, now in my world, I'm, I'm kind of a big guy, and most of the time when I walk down the street, I'm not in fear of someone taking advantage of me. In fact, I sometimes walk down the street and I think, don't mess with me, I'll take you out. Okay. It's my humility talking. <laughs> so I, I don't have that experience. Like, I don't get scared physically. But these two guys grabbed me and they threw me in the back seat of a waiting car. And there was a person in there. And it was just very, it was, very, it was almost like a movie. I was in a movie in this dream. And in the dream, this, this, it was like a velvet like bag was put over my head. And as the lights were going out, these words, I just heard them. I mean, it's loud as I'm speaking to you today. Your life in Christ is over. And I woke up. When the bag went over my head, I woke up. I was sweating, (laughs) my skin was cold, and I knew at that moment God had put the writing on the wall for me. I needed to start making some changes. Now, all the changes didn't happen right away. It took time. It took me finding a church called Celebrate, a family that accepted me and began to pour into me. I found mentors and models here in this church. I found friends and partners. God began to do a work in my life and by his grace, praise God, I was able to avoid the tragedy that I was headed for. And I don't know where you are this morning, but maybe this morning there's been some writing on the wall. Maybe this morning you're ready to say, I'm gonna leave the way that I've been going. I'm gonna repent and I'm gonna turn. The Bible says that if we repent of our sins, then we can receive what God has for us. And so I'm just gonna ask everyone here, if you would, to just close your eyes in a, in a moment of prayer. We're gonna pray, we're gonna pray and the team's gonna lead us in a song. Father, I just pray right now for each person in this room. Father, I pray for an understanding of humility. Maybe there's something that they've held on to for a long time, maybe it's something that they're continuing in. Maybe it's a hurt. Maybe it's a habit or a hang-up. Father, I pray that each person in this room would recognize that. 
And in this moment, they would step forward. They would come forward and confess it. You see, forgiveness comes when we confess it to you, but healing comes when we confess it to one another. The prayer of a righteous person has a great impact. Father, I pray for any person here that's here this morning that has something that they need to confess, that they would just be led, that they would have the courage to stand up and to move forward, to let it go, whatever it is they're holding on to, whatever foolishness that they continue in, God, I just pray that this morning would be the beginning of healing, of real healing. We pray it now in Jesus' name. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past messages. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. It helps so much. You know, you can click the share button, take a screenshot and share it on your social stories and tag us at Celebrate Church. For more content from Celebrate and to connect with us, go to celebrate.church. We love you and we believe in you. God bless.